Hi, I'm David, co-founder of Prodigy, and welcome to the Happy Teams podcast, where we interview digital leaders about how they're winning in the race to attract and retain top digital talent. Today, we're joined by Jay from Launch, a performance marketing agency. Listen to hear from Jay about how she's working to create the happiest performance agency in the industry. Hi, Jay. Welcome to the Happy Teams podcast. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. As with the theme of these podcasts, we really want to get into an understanding about what you're doing at launch to make a great place to work. But just before we get into that, could you tell us a bit about the value proposition of the agency? Yeah, so we're Launch, we're the Happy Performance Agency, and we're specialists in paid media, conversion rate optimization, and marketing measurement. Um, But basically what we do is we drive revenue for our clients, and they're typically spending about a million plus on ads a year on digital advertising, and we help them get the most from that. Jay, uh, as as David said at the beginning, in this uh, podcast series, we're trying to explore tech agency leaders, founders, uh, what you are doing to create a happy workplace? What are the things, initiatives, uh, processes um, that you are investing in your time and resources to create a positive environment for your employees? So why don't you just uh, get going and tell us some of the great things you guys are doing? Well, you'll notice in my little intro there, I said that we're the happy performance agency. And that's something that we adopted about a year, 18 months ago, um, launch has been going um, for almost 11 years now. We're about to have our 11th birthday. And it's something that actually was in our DNA from the start, but we've only really just started to formulate to speak about out externally. Um, But ultimately, I just want people to be happy at work because life is way, way too short. And there is a way to, to create a happy workplace can't actually make people happy that's that's something that is not a constant state that you're in but you can create a happy workplace by understanding what motivates human beings by giving them autonomy so that they're able to feel empowered in their job by helping them increase their skills by giving them a sense of community and purpose so all of these things we're starting to be more scientific in the way that we grow the agency to speak to them rather than just we need more clients we need more revenue we're brilliant at what we do actually now we look at the human side of what we do ai and everything will you know take over all of the stuff that's repeatable and we'll use data brilliantly but we've still got humans and being able to speak to the human side of business that's what excites me uh, you mentioned when we spoke last time that you are using dan pink's three tenets or three areas can you tell tell us and tell our audience a little bit more about that yeah so dan pink's book drive talks about autonomy mastery and purpose and those are the human motivations that um that are are, are, get people to be high performers um without um this constant kind of carrot and stick mentality or you know bigger salaries and bigger bonuses autonomy is about um, being able to know exactly what your job is the amount of people who don't have proper job descriptions is unbelievable and nobody on purpose does a bad job or I don't believe that they on purpose would do a bad job but sometimes they don't know what good looks like or they don't know what excellent looks like 
So giving them autonomy means that you tell them what is expected from them, what good looks like, what excellent looks like, and they have the power to be able to affect change. They have the power, you know, they don't have a micromanager on their shoulder. It's more of a kind of coaching uh, management rather than, you know, dictatorial. This is what you do and you must sit at your desk. We've moved past that. You know, we're dealing now with millennials, Gen Z. They don't want to be sitting and tied to a desk all day long, repeating the same processes. So by giving autonomy, you're enabling people to do their job well. Then mastery is the skills. They've got to know how to do it. So constantly investing in that learning and development. It doesn't always have to be courses, by the way, because people forget a majority of what they learn. It's about giving them a, a workplace that encourages experimentation, that encourages peer-to-peer learning. I did a learning session this morning on how to speak to clients in a more curious way. Um, I'm not an expert in it, but... You know, we do this peer-to-peer learning to, to just keep that, that mentality going and purpose. Why the hell are we doing it? Because people often don't know. If you don't have a shared common goal, then then you don't know kind of why, what, what you're, you're just lining someone else's pocket. What, what are you there for? What's the you big idea? Sports car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I must get that Ferrari on order. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how, do, how do you do that? How do you, how do you make them share your purpose? How do you create purpose and, and get everyone to believe in it? So one of the things that, um, that we do is, well, in fact, actually, I, I, we're using a company called the Future Kind Collective. I can hear something uh, uh, binging in the background there. That's the, the constant notifications of life going on. Um, <laughs> But um, we're working with a company called the Future Kind Collective to actually put into um, our own language what the purpose of launch is and our, our kind of our culture written in words that are unique to us. And, mm-hmm. um, and we look at it from good day behaviors and bad day pe- behaviors. So if our goal, our vision is to be the happiest agency in the world, um, that kind of shared sense of purpose is that we all know that we want to come together to do paid media and measurement and CRO, but have a happy workplace and a collaborative workplace to do it. So the output of this is going to be our cultural manifesto. It's going to be um, what our values are at launch, um, of which one of them is, is um, you know, happy to is, is how we're starting it, happy to impact and Um, And it just enables us to have a language that's unique to launch, that people um, feel like they're part of a community. And that's where that purpose comes from. That's great. And when we spoke as well, you mentioned about um, confidence training. That's fascinating. (laughs) Could you tell us some more about that? So I... I think one of your questions, and you might ask me this later on, but one of your what one of your questions is going to be kind of what do we want to do more of in the future, and the confidence side of things is I think massive, and it's something that I I try not to have regrets, but one of if I was to have a regret, it was it would be to to not realise that there were there was training for these what are known as soft skills. skills. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, they're not, they're hard skills, aren't they? They're not really soft skills, but they get called soft skills. And there is training, you know, to, confidence isn't something you're born with. It's a skill that you develop. Uh, Confidence can often be um, confused with arrogance. Um, And it's not. Confidence comes from, um, from, uh, eliminating self-talk or at least understanding what self-talk self-negative talk is about um, optimizing for better you know your human being at being a better performing person understanding you know better time management so you don't feel overwhelmed for example we've got Kirsty Hulse helping us she um, raw training is her company and she does it for a lot of agencies and she's such an inspirational human being and having her talk um uh, to the team about her own experiences of of having problems with confidence or having problems with talking to clients agency life is pretty stressful you're you're juggling multiple clients all have got slightly different ways of communicating all have got different objectives you're having to switch between tasks you know, and, and, and different mindsets all day long, and you've also got your all your notifications binging, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed and it's very easy to be unproductive. So we've realised that actually, you know, these guys are already great at, at paid media. Um, rather than invest lots more about them being even better in paid media, you know, they do do obviously development in that, but we're investing big chunk of our budget on becoming a better human really good and what you said about confidence earlier and contrasting that with investing in more knowledge of your of your subjects and being a master of it or mastery like you called it earlier um we had a, a similar conversation with my son when he was preparing his GCSEs and he says, I'm not very, I'm, I know I know this stuff but I'm not confident in the exams and I said to him well you know I said, how can I get more confident? And I didn't know what to answer him. I said to him, for me, it's just about knowing that you know your stuff. <laughs> Do you know that you know your stuff? Uh, and he was like, well, I know most of it. I said, look, when you know all of it and you've done that, then you know that, you know, you covered your, then you should be confident about it because you have that, not certitude. You are fairly uh, certain that there is very little that you don't know about your yeah. the subject's matter and that makes you confident. Yeah. And not catastrophizing, you know. Uh, um, every, I, one of the things that I teach is that um, every meeting you go into, you can affect positive change. You can have a positive impact. Even if the meeting starts from a bit of a negative place, if the person is worried about something or they're, you know, maybe they've actually not, they're not having a good day. As humans, we do have the power to create a positive end to to that. And it it can be from being calm. So in an exam situation or a meeting situation, you're calm. You feel confident that you know your topic. It's okay also for things to go wrong. You can't control everything. Most things are out of our control. But if you know you've done the preparation, if you know that you're coming from a good place, the worst that could happen is the exam doesn't go well, but life still will continue and you get an opportunity to reset. Mm-hmm. So you, we can't catastrophize, you know. I, I'm reading this book at the moment. Every human being should read this book. Nonviolence <laughs> Communication. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I 
again, I wish I read it when I was 15, <laughs> it, maybe younger. And, and it's, it's, a, it's about how bad human beings are at communicating and how much we put judgment and criticism, sometimes to ourselves, sometimes to others, um, without even meaning to, when we think we're communicating our feelings, um, but actually we're communicating our judgment Mm -hmm. um so you know it's saying things like um um uh um i i i you know i feel you say um i feel amy was irresponsible in that meeting that's not a feeling that's a judgment that she was irresponsible <laughs> and, and we use i feel in too much of the wrong scenarios so if one thing to take away from this podcast is that more people read that book and it's 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 quite easy to read and it's kind of like a bit like a textbook. I think we would be better at doing the human stuff that AI won't do. Yeah. And you are so right earlier when you said this, these are not soft skills, they're hard skills because you could read a book like this, but unless you go through the drills of attempting to force a change in behavior, then it's very hard to change typical reactions that you'll have in certain situations. It is something that needs training and, and discipline to, to, to affect that positive change. So, yeah, yeah I, and I can tell you, I don't get it right a majority of the time. This is, you know, we're all a work in progress. We're all, a, a um, you know, a, a, a stone statue that is being chipped away to create the final work of art. Um, and, and, I think that that's okay. And if more people admitted that they were wrong and more people admitted that they weren't perfect, um, it would be easier to do business as well. Um, so our goal is to be the happy performance agency, but because we can't make people happy, we're just trying to do beautiful business. We're just trying to be a better business, doing things the right way for the right impact. And that makes it a very pleasurable working day. Yeah, that's brilliant. And um, tying in with that, you mentioned as well about committing 20% of time to learning and development. That's quite a bold, yeah. <laughs> it's quite a yeah, bold it's a move. Bit, it's, a bit like, um, <laughs> it's a bit like unlimited holidays when, when agency, we don't do unlimited holidays. No. When agencies say they do unlimited holidays, um, uh, people take less leave. On, on yeah. average, people take less leave because they're then frightened, like what what is right and what is wrong. Mm. I, you know, it's easier just to have a generous holiday policy. So yeah. that's one of the things actually that's going to come in soon with us. We're upping our, in fact, spoiler alert launch, we're upping our leave. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, but you were saying there the, the, about the 20%. So capacity management is one of the things that agencies are normally not actually that transparent about. Mm. Um, but so... So you, you apply for a job in an agency and you don't actually know how many client hours you're going to be expected to work because very rarely does the, does the, do the leader of the agency communicate it. So we are extremely transparent with that. This is how many hours you're sitting, sitting at a desk. You're not necessarily standing or whatever it is, but you're in work time when you take into account a holiday, when you take account sick, sick days, when you take account like get together days um, and we are we are transparent the whole team know exactly what those what those numbers are how the maths are behind it because they're data people you know they're paid mm. media people they <laughs> they love the metrics and the numbers and we've worked out that 20 percent of the time is assigned to the learning and development now we found 
that people were then just over-servicing their clients with that 20% of time. So we forced them <laughs> to do the 20% learning and development by every Wednesday morning. It's an optional session. So if you've got a something else you've got to do, you don't have to go to it, but they're recorded is a learning session. And we have external people come in like Pinterest and Google have, have done some of them. Um, or we do peer-to-peer -peer ones. So I did one this morning and the head of paid will do one. And um, Or we have then the soft skills training. Kirsty did one last week. And they're recorded in a bank. And it is expected that you use that time for learning and development. So it's kind of... <laughs> It's really hard when your inbox is driving your to-do list and it's really mm. hard in this constantly connected world. And for paid media, if something goes wrong in an account, that's money being spent there and then. Yeah. That's money. For it. So yeah. it's, you know, this four-day work week and all of that, it's great, but that's really hard in paid media because we're gambling every day with people's yeah. money. And if you've got the whole agency off on a Friday or you've got pods, you know, not... That's one day less that the clients have got their spend being made yeah. to work hard. So that's harder to reconcile. Therefore, by learning and development, it might be doing something like, you know, learning how to do coaching mentality. It's, it's not necessarily it's it, it, it's it's helping people personally and professionally. Right. And yeah, I can see that the, the benefit of this and anybody working in an agency who doesn't invest in training is, you know, missing a trick. Everything, everything is moving so fast. People need to stay current and the, the soft skills that the soft hard skills that we talked about um, are crucial for keeping your clients satisfied because there is reality of performing account, how accounts are performing. And there's also perception and We've all been in countless uh, situations where clients have been serviced to perfection almost by somebody, done great work, but the client still perceived it as being mm, below par, maybe not great, good, but not great, or you know, satisfactory. And you know, having the skills to communicate that actually, you know, this is what we've done. These are all the challenges we met working on your accounts, Mr. Customer, and this is how we managed to come out with this fantastic result is, is a crucial part of the job if you're an agency person. Yeah, and previously it was mainly the sales team or the um, client services team who would have those skills invested in. I mean, my God, the amount of sales training out there that does talk about that kind of negative self-talk and because they need effective, driven human mm. beings to sell, sell, sell. And then you had the delivery team not really getting any of that training. And we don't have a client services team. Our team who are working on the account communicate with the client. Therefore, by removing that layer, there is no protection from having difficult conversations. So the more that you can get comfortable with having difficult conversations, the better it is. And we're the sharp end of media. You know, it's not, I was going to, I was going to, belittle branding but you know pretty pictures and logos with a tiny thing change ours is like you've spent this much money and you've made this much money um, mm -hmm. and they're like why didn't we make more and you know <laughs> you're constantly asked that so um it it's gonna you know if we, when people work at launch they're obviously not going to work for us forever although i hope they will but <laughs> We will have them for a period of time. Uh, uh, we will be their custodian for a period of time. And if they end up 
not only being great at their job, but being a better human, that's got to be a good legacy. That's mm-hmm. got to be, that should be the way that business is. There's your purpose right there, Jay. That should be right up yeah. there in your, in your culture values and, and purpose you're writing at the moment. By the way, have you got an output out of that or are you still going through the exercise? We go, so we're go, going through the exercise, I think by the 8th of August, I think it's being delivered to us. Um, and that will be, yeah, it, it's so, it's been such a beautiful process to go through. There's this wonderful picture on my LinkedIn of us all standing outside in this garden in Somerset with outdoor um, flip charts where we were writing, you know, good day behaviors, bad day behaviors, and being able to, to understand what good and bad is. Normally, it's always just you concentrate on the good um, and, and looking at all the different the values and what was resonating with us what wasn't it was a whole company exercise luckily it was a sunny day um (laughs) and it's something that to have that shared sense of purpose you've got to go through as a company because if it's only from the top down it never really filters down and Mm -hmm. if it's from the bottom up the leadership team probably aren't listening so you, you know having that complete team do it together was yeah, it was brilliant. Um, also, when we last spoke, you were going through the process of uh, B Corp application, and I noticed the other day that you've actually uh, been approved. How are you feeling yes. about that? Yeah, it. I, I think that everybody should fill in the 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 impact assessment. That it's free to do to mm. fill in the assessment to understand what. Um, B Corp are looking for from businesses who are doing better business, who are, you know, who um, are are helping the wider world as well as themselves. And um, when we first filled in the assessment about four years ago, we it was so overwhelming how many kind of policies you needed. We were only, was it four or five years ago? We were only about seven people. It's quite yeah. an onerous task from an administrative point of view. But actually, that is the time to do it. Because if you get those policies in place, then it's much easier to scale. So we've done the reverse. We've waited until we're 27 people. And we had an office manager who was good enough at administration to be able to take on the task. But I mean, we I think before even having to write extra processes, we were almost at the 80 points you needed because it is the right way to do business, being transparent with your team, part-time workers, getting the same as full-time workers, um, having a positive impact on the community and the environment, at least being aware of what your environmental impact is. Hmm. Um, you know, the, the whole governance piece of, of the right way to bring people along on your journey, on, the, on your company bus, you know, yeah. rather than the driver being behind a screen and not communicating with everyone and everyone's going, I don't know what our destination is. Do you know what time we get there? No, I don't. Whereas this is a, a, a you know, a bus that everybody takes a bit of a time in the driver's seat. They're all heard. There's there's probably some singing in the background. <laughs> and, it's, you know, it's it's a, a it's a better way to do business. So. I was thrilled that that we got the stamp of approval, but it's been something that's been in the making for a long time. That's fantastic. And um, also, so I guess kind of tying in with that and tying with the whole ethos of the agency of trying to 
create the, this happy place to work. Um, how are you actually measuring employee satisfaction and um, determining whether it's working or not? Me- measurement's super important as well, because if you don't measure things, you can create a toxic, um, it's called toxic positivity, but you can create an environment where people are frightened to not be happy or you you don't feel listened to. So having the the, that constant feedback loop and measurement and the ability for people to anonymously talk you know talk through problems and also for those problems to 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 be spoken about openly so that you've got this uh, you know um it, it's shared publicly so there isn't this feeling like if i'm unhappy i've got to whisper it mm. and then no one might do anything about it so we have office vibe which is um, is one of these, you know, automatic employee employee service um, survey tools where every week it pings you questions and you answer them. Um, it has the ability to to leave, you know, a bit like a, a suggestions box, anonymous feedback from a suggestions box. You can add comments or you can just give a score. It has all of that flexibility. So we've got about two years, maybe more of history of that. But then it's also important to dive deeper than that because that is kind of an automated weekly thing that's a temperature check but you need to do a deep dive so every six months we do an independently audited um, uh, uh, employee survey 24 or 25 questions they stay the same every six months and um, it's all it's then uh, collated by an independent our independent HR um, professional and then reported back to the team without any of our branding or anything on it's in her words um, and the whole team get to see that so they can see some of the comments that were made but everything's anonymized um, and anything that could be you know if you go oh well, that was definitely so and so that's that's all kept out so that there's yeah. that psychological safety yeah. um, so that everyone can feel that they can give suggestions um, we also have quarterly get-togethers face-to-face. We're a hybrid agency, so you've got to be careful of that you don't have location bias, you know, with where you do have offices. Mm. It's a minefield, and you can't get it right 100% of the time. Yeah. At least if you try to get it right, that's you a better thing. You are trying, which is very, very crucial, absolutely. Um, and, and do you tend to... Um, you action. I'm sure you action a lot of these recommendations and a lot of these uh, things that come up. Uh, do you tend to communicate on that sort of post? It's been action. Do you kind of come back and say, by the way, last quarter you mentioned that you wanted X, Y, Z, and here we've done it. And has that had a positive impact? Now, do they believe that you know we're being listened to in in, in launch? Yes. Um, yes, and yes. Um, and every time especially actually with the value creation a lot of the the themes that were coming up are being included within that we then have our next budget being put together so all of the learning and development ideas are all being included in that there's a a thing that um i talked to the team about and you were saying about clients earlier how um it, you know you can be managing an account perfectly but they might not necessarily think it that way I call it the business class syndrome where um, once you've turned left and you're in business class you forget how crap it is 
yeah. in economy. economy. Yeah. And there's this lovely story that I think Stephen Bartlett told at an event I was at how, you know, he would, he's always wanted to, he'd always wanted to travel. And then he suddenly went from having his first holiday at 20 to traveling all around the world in business class at 23. And he, he just forgot that there is an option to not even travel and there's an option to be an economy. And so I think sometimes what you've got to be careful of in an agency is that you don't create a culture where it's like more, 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 more. Which because... It's very hard not to do that because clients are pushing you for more and more. But you're yeah. right. You need to know when is the limit so people don't break. Yeah. And, and without judgment, you know, so you're not... We, tr we have, sort of have a ban on the word over-servicing, you know, but scope creep, it, it can be a problem, but it has to be without judgment. It has to be without that client is being so demanding because, you know, they're a bad client. Instead, it is I'm allowing a situation to happen where I'm not communicating clearly what our roles and responsibilities are here. Mm -hmm. um, God, I mean, that is a much easier sentence to say than it is to deliver but it's the same with employees you know if if you action everything that every employee asks for there's no company anymore because yeah. you're not commercially successful anymore because mm -hmm. we all want to work less get paid more have an easier life <laughs> like don't we you know yeah, so that that's why it, that's why everything has to be done transparently and we have to be able to answer difficult questions and be able to raise them and say well commercially that's not going to work for us at the moment what what i'd like to do is is to start to be able to roadmap it so okay it's not going to be able to be possible in the next 12 months to have the four day work week or whatever but here is a roadmap that could take us to that place mm -hmm. um but yeah it's <laughs> you know we're in a salary inflation period of time a skill shortage there's the great resignation and the great redundancy. All of these things are making agency or business life, it's not just agencies, business life really tough. And, yeah. um, and every day, you know, you're having to make difficult decisions, but if you do it with positive intention, yeah, you're not gonna please everyone all of the time. And clients will leave and people will leave. But if you're trying to do your best, that's a much better place to be. That's been amazing. Thank you very much, Jay. I was going to ask you about the, your plans for the future, but I guess you answered that. Well, when what you wish you have done earlier, uh, but you've answered that already. Um, yeah, the, do, do you know, though, the, the thing that sits uneasily with me at the moment is, um, and I, I went to, to the Do, uh, Do Wales, um, which is the Do Lectures kind of annual get-together, and there was a lot of stuff talked about the planet and the situation that we're in with the environment and all of these fires happening in Europe and unbelievable temperatures. And what I'm uncomfortable with is that our job as a paid media agency, as a performance agency, is to sell more stuff, sell, sell, sell. Mm -hmm. And then we're also just got B Corp. Well, could we hand on heart say that every single one of our clients is selling something that the world needs? I don't know. I actually think we probably could, but we maybe need to be very firm about that. We don't work with any you know, cigarette companies or, um, or oil companies. 
Um, but we are still in the be- business of selling stuff to people that consumes more. So I'm trying to work out how we can have a positive impact, not just on human beings, but mm-hmm. on on the wider world. Because we are, you know, I don't know if you saw my LinkedIn post, but it was, you know, I had this realization that we're we're all going down the river in a very strong current. And there's lots of human beings. All the human beings are in this river going down the strong, strong current. And at the end is a waterfall. And we're all heading for that waterfall. And yes, it's great. I've developed a company where I'm creating wonderful human beings all around me. And they're doing great work with other human beings. And we'll make lots of happy humans. But we are all going over a waterfall. So how... Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm positive because of people like you uh, and people like we just had another podcast uh, with Alex Holliman from Climbing Tree. Uh, yeah, lovely and Alex. You met him? Okay. Yeah, I know Alex well. And, He's and great. Just, and, and many others. I can cite many of the, the people we've been speaking to, people that we know, David and I from, from our career. People care, people genuinely care, but more so than just caring, a lot of people like yourself are asking themselves these hard questions and actually doing something about it alex is actually doing some great stuff to 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 reduce their carbon footprint to help clients understand even the impacts on on the carbon footprints on the searches and the impressions exactly um which is which is great i think if enough of us care enough to do something about it there might be hope yet i think (laughs) exactly and and that's that's what the future holds for us. How can we do more to help educate others and other big, big businesses to help change that current and at least slow down the current um, because there is more that we could all do. Um, and so that's, that to me is what the future is. We can, we'll keep creating wonderful human beings who, who want to have that positive impact on the wider world. Jay. Thank you so much. That was amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, very fascinating. I'm sure our audience are going to really enjoy hearing that. So thank you for joining us today. Pleasure. Thank you, Jay. Pleasure, pleasure. Really enjoyed it. <laughs>